All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Bigger and Louder with Anthony and John. I'm it's Anthony. <laughs> we are here in episode four already, season one. And today we are going to be talking about a bunch of fun stuff. But first, I had a question for you. We played yeah, a lot ahead. of sports together in the past. Yeah. We played, I don't know, at least 10 years of sports, then like not counting people's backyards with their dads. Uh, but you know, 10 those years are of fun. sports together. I know those are great. And we can I think we should reminisce. But let me ask you, like, of all the wins that we had, and and there weren't many in high school football, at least until our senior year, but with all the wins, do you ever remember like what happened after the game? Like the celebrations? What do we do? What do the fans do? Oh, man. I mean, like when you're talking wins, I mean, it's just, I I don't know what to really say. I mean, think about it. Like if you're a player or if you're a fan in this case, if we were players, like the hype is real. Like if you get a big win, whether you squeak by or if it was a game, you didn't think that you were actually going to excel at and you actually get the W your mind goes into the twilight zone. It is just a free for all of just like excitement, adrenaline and just nonstop go hard with your friends celebrating however you see fit. Um, you know, again, I, I can't think of a time when, you know, I celebrated too hard, but to be honest, like that, the hype is real. So I, I say this to all the athletes out there, like, you know, exactly what we're talking about. Right. And I feel that too. I feel like the biggest win that I remember us having was after we won our like division championship, our senior year in war. Yeah. Right. Like our high school football team, had been like notoriously, you know, up and down or down, down, down. And finally our senior year with like, you know, we, we had all gelled playing together again, like as kids for 10 years at, at that point almost. And it really like solidified. We had some good coaching and we win this game that I don't think even like some of us thought that, that we were going to win Like, I know I believe, but there are definitely people like, we're going to get our asses kicked. Right. Yeah. yeah and then we like, win yeah, that whatever. game. We win that game in such dramatic fashion with the first kicker in division nine history, first female kicker in division nine history, by the way. Right now, shout out to Melissa. Uh, but we win that game and we were nuts. We were nuts after the game, hugging, crying, everything. Look, stands were packed. I don't remember one person running on the field to give us a hug. No, I don't I, remember anybody ever storming the court. I mean, personally, I would, I would want it because you know how embarrassing that would be if all the moms and dads just running off the field, just giving their sons <laughs> hugs and kisses across the board. I mean, you got to think of the other You're side too. Me. Yeah, I mean, could you think <laughs> about it, like the other team sitting there crying, they lost, but like, can you imagine just having five hundred mothers and fathers running through the opposing team, getting to the victors, and then. <laughs> I mean, you know how awkward that would be. You know, that's for them. So you, you're telling me that, like, you would be in favor of it then if it was like a bunch of college co-eds. Like, Not really. So you're, no, if, if I you mean, were, like, or take for example last night, or like you know yeah. two nights ago, I think at this point. But yeah. we have the big Duke Wake Forest game, big for them, right? For most of America, we're not watching basketball in college, and, and at least for another two or three weeks until the tournament starts. But big win. They hadn't beat them in like decades. And then the fans stormed the court. But the problem was Wake Forest was favored. It was a game they mm-hmm. thought they were going to win. And everybody, you know, comes down and storms the court. And this is like the first time that I can see that like a player actually did get hurt, you know. But are you yeah. in favor of it then? Like if it's like a bunch of college kids and we're all wasted anyway, like let's get down there and party and hug the team. I mean, or is that the same feeling as your parents? Like, no, nah, come on. I, I like we should have won it. I don't really. Listen, I think storming the field or in this case the basketball court because i did read something about that and just for the viewers out there and the listeners like john and i are not big basketball f- fans by no means we couldn't really talk to sport 
Um, no, no disrespect to the game, but for me to watch that kind of you know basketball, it's like watching Pong, and it's really true. Like the most exciting part of basketball is really the last two minutes because it's just watching the players go back and forth, kind of like soccer. You know, listen, I, I get like in every sporting event, you know, whether it's basketball or baseball or soccer, there's all these, you know, unique, you know, unwritten fan base rules, right? Like I think we see like with you know the the NFL. Right. We see like with the Super Bowl, like all, you know, players and families, you know, come onto the team as one unison and baseball. If you hit a home run, like the t- you know, if you hit a game winning home run, the players at home, home field, uh, at home plate, waiting for you to kind of c- cross the plate. And like NCAA, right. Their rules are like if you win the national championship, you cut the, you know, no, you cut, cut the, the net down, you cut the net. Right. And I guess like what surprises me is like. I'm all in favor of like big wins. Like it's a really monumental win. Maybe it was like a playoff win and you just squeak by, by a shot or a goal. But I think if I read correctly, this was like regular season, if I'm not mistaken. And the fact that like fans rushed the court because Wake Forest was favored to win over a team they had not beaten in several different years. I mean, I guess pick your poison, but honestly, I mean, you could have just celebrated from the, from the, from the bleachers and that would have been enough but yeah i mean i was reading i think the kid's name that got hurt i think his name was kyle filipowski i think his name was and think he went on record saying it was intentional that's what the fans were doing trying to hurt the players running on the feet on the court oh um, man come on that i don't buy at all like i think it's like at that moment yeah it's like we at this game you think your team's gonna get their ass kicked or like maybe squeak out one they ended up winning and you know they're caught up in the moment of the weekend game yeah, you know, I, I think it's like kind of throwing lemon juice on a on a on a on an open wound a little bit, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, <laughs> that Duke, I mean, listen, agree. listen, like Duke, I get it. Like, I know they're like considered like a very popular and rec- most recognizable basketball team, right? And I understand that's a big one for them. But they went to this game, they lost the game. This kid gets hurt, and I understand he's thinking, well, it's like I get hurt. We lost a game to a team we sh- we shouldn't have lost to, and we did so. Yeah, you, it's 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 an emotional it's an emotional situation. So you're gonna put blame at it. And I think the if I read also they were comparing this incident also to I think there's a girl her name is like Kate, Caitlin Clark I think her name was she also played for Ohio oh, State. Same thing happened to her. Players just rushed Iowa. the field. Right. I keep saying field because we're football guys. All right, players rushed the court. Excuse me. The court, players yeah. rushed the court and they just kind of knock into these players, not realizing like, listen, they just got done running the court for literally three hours straight and they're gassed up and. They're kind of fragile right now, but you know, I, I think the whole thing was, you know, I think I think college kids could have actually shown a little more self control, but you know, to each his own. And I think even now, I read like <laughs> the difference. The difference is that you know, for our, you know, for those of us you, that don't know us, like I stayed at school and Anthony commuted, and the difference is I know that college kids cannot control themselves, especially when in mass. You know, there, there's thousands of kids, tens of thousands of kids. You're not going to ask. They're, they're not going to control. So no, because they want to, you know, I get it. Like you're, you're, you're finally independent away from your family and friends and you want to make a name for yourself. And you're just kind of repeating the same thing kids did four years before you or 10 years ago. And listen, like I'm all in favor of being excited over a big win, you know, whether it's regular season or postseason or whatever it may be. But, you know, I just think like in this particular instance, I think they could have actually hold <laughs> held back. I think just the win would have been enough. You know, what I think would have been a lot better. Actually, would have been the uh, the college students, the fans would have waited outside the locker room for Duke to walk on out and like kind of like have a lineup and just kind of do more hazing to them. If they really want to like kind of like 
push their buttons a little bit, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. versus like rushing the court and like plowing through people. Because when I heard of this news, the first thing that came in my mind was the malice of the palace back in 2005. Do you remember that, John? Yes. Yeah, yes. that was that. Of that's, course, I remember that. My mind literally went to that thinking like, oh, my goodness, players got involved with altercations with fans and coaching staff. And it was just a big that it stopped the game. But I just I'm like, whoa, I look at him like, play, it, I don't know. It's the whole thing was just stupid. I mean, <laughs> well, a short I mean yo, going back to the malice of the palace, let me tell you, I got to meet who was th- like Metal World Peace at the time, you know, uh, Ron Artest. After. Yeah. Have yeah, a, yeah don't, I, make I, sure you don't I, call I him that. Him. Could be a trigger yeah, warning. I, I got don't to tell meet him. him. no but i got i got to stand next to the gentleman and let me tell you all i could think in my head was if this man ran at me full speed and hit me in the head i'd probably be dead oh yeah just look at and i'm five ten and i'm looking up at him like yo and unbelievable size man like unbelievable like he was one of my favorite players say whatever you want about him but like i'm really happy with how he's come out and been like a huge mental health advocate and, and for people being open and talking about it and seeking you know help the, the help that they need you yeah. know i think he's done a lot for, for that community and he's also uh, someone hell of a fucking defender didn't yeah i mean like love yeah, that man love him. yeah i mean it's always unique to find a unique defensive person like you know uh you know dennis robin was also a defensive player back in the early 90s and uh was it uh who's the guy who plays for uh Golden State? Uh Draymond Green, is that his name? He's also oh, like Draymond, another, yeah. Draymond, yeah, he's, sorry. He's, I didn't mean that. Yeah. Uh, but like I think if I'm mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't our test come out saying that he is diagnosed with bipolar disorder and that's why he's kind of like yeah, yeah. yeah, he came out that's, publicly, yeah, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. Like he he's a big advocate uh for people, you know, just being honest about their situations and seeking them, you know, help that they need so i think like it's it's critical like that he i mean i hate to see somebody that probably wasn't his rock bottom at least in the public eye maybe it was but you know i think like when he played those haymakers along with his teammates and you know again like we all remember him but i think it was like jermaine o'neal like, there's like a bunch of people there that were throwing like half the half the teams on both sides like, like it was like a huge thing it was fine it some little thing yeah, I mean the fact that exactly. they were allowed to come back and play the following year, I think Ron Art that was like and again, this is just from memory, but I think it was like almost the midseason or the beginning of midseason. And at that point they had suspended him for the remainder of the year and the following year, like he got a, and hefty fines because they had never seen players mm-hmm. enter the stands. Cause now you're talking like liability between you know, the organization who is like your employer, who is now representing a larger entity, which is like the NBA. And like, there's just like, you know, it goes up and down, the uh, up and down the ranks. It's, it works equally. So, yeah, I mean, in this instance, I, I mean, you know, going back to the whole Duke wake thing, I just think that the kids actually just, I think maybe overreacted. I think they could have, as I said, maybe waited outside the locker room and maybe just kind of like, you know, point at the players walking to the bus and just kind of point their fingers at them, you know, versus just storming the court. I mean, that's just a little, you know, well, it's, it's I, nothing, I, nothing unique about I that. I agree. I agree. And, and I think that the biggest thing to me is that uh, they, like, you know, they were favored. Now, I wore purple today. Not uh, by, you know, is that in lieu of wake? Is that in lieu of wake for? Is that their colors? No, this is in lieu of oh. you, Albany, great things, baby. Oh, you, Albany, okay? this oh, is man. yeah, baby. So, <laughs> you, you, Albany had what I think was one of the you know, most historic 10 minute or eight minute runs 
in NCAA college history, okay, and, and the tournament history. Now, in 2000, I think it was like 2006, I was like a sophomore, I believe, a, a sophomore where, yeah, I was a sophomore because we went to the tournament the two years after. Um, and Albany makes the tournament for the first time. The Danes make it. The whole campus, dude, was nuts. And like, I'm like new, still new to the school. And we just were having like a ball talking about it everywhere. And, you know, you'd see the basketball players. It was nuts. So, you know, we're the 16 seed. We're the 16 and the odds are zero. We have, there has never been a mm -hmm. 16 upsetting a one. We, I didn't, wasn't lucky enough to get to go that year. I made sure I did the, the following two, but that year, we all watched the game in our campus center, and we got to see, I want to say it was like six minutes, where Albany was up, up, up. I think as much by like 10 or 12 points, Andy. Mm -hmm. We're like, holy shit, we're going to win this fucking game. All of a sudden, like in the last, I would say we were up by like 12 with like two minutes, three minutes left. Just like that, a snap, and UConn started playing fucking basketball. I think we lost like 15, <laughs> okay? And the there was a swing up by 12 all the way to, to, you know, losing by 12 or 15 in two minutes, dude. It was like they just waited the whole game to finally turn it on, and they're like, all right, we're going to lose. It's it. a script. Listen, it's jumps. Script writing <laughs> in NCAA. <laughs> this know, sounds dude, was bad. That sounds incredibly incredibly similar to the Patriots and the Falcons Super Bowl several years ago. <laughs> they oh were up and then they just blow it. It's like in the, in the you know, sports Absolutely. is wacky. I mean, that'll be another discussion later. We'll have like, again, if sports are considered rigged or now the words are being used as scripted, but like the idea that like a team could be up or any team, whether they're, whether you're playing basketball or not, that teams could be up that so far in advance and they just blow it. Listen, like, Again, this would be something we say for another discussion, but like I can bring evidence and just you know conversations that professionals have had that like you know players are easily manipulated. I'll go by on record that I do not believe that any professional sports are scripted, but I do believe that players, individual players, can be heavily influenced or subject to. I that that agree. I've been saying that before the internet was the internet. I've been saying that for forever, and you know again the mob was involved with like some of these players because they got into debt and they needed to throw games. But, and again, I know people use the word rigged and scripted synonymously, which again, we'll say this for another time, but you know, there are times we're talking about I'm, it now. What are you talking about? Keep, all just, right. Just we, talk, all right. We'll, talk, we'll, give, yeah. we'll give a little prelude to it, but yeah, like when you think of the word rigged and scripted, let's just, let's make a definition right now. Scripted is usually predetermined, like you might see on WWE, where they know the outcome of it. Like it's nothing new; they know what's going to happen. Uh, the uh, the wrestlers are working with each other. The only thing that makes it real is literally those guys are taking hits and falls as needed, and they're putting their body through a lot of stress. Right? That is scripted. Or if you're a Madden fan, going back to video games, right? Those are scripted outcomes that the game determines when you're making a play as an algorithm to it. It's not it's not human based anymore. Rigged is when it's not a fair game, right? We can go into how organizations, like, again, when we're talking sports, whether it's NCAA, professional, right? That's why they call it sports entertainment. These, these organizations don't do anything to help people like you and me out paying our bills. They don't make things for us to drive our cars, to get to work. They don't, they don't do it. Hickey Mantle doesn't pay your rent. Exactly. He doesn't pay your rent. 
Okay. That's why he threw his baseball cards away. But when you get to it, their money, the way they make money is on viewers and sponsors. And if you turn the clocks back 30 years ago in the 80s and 90s, like the entertainment industry, sports was a whole different way because we didn't have the technology there to push out so much sponsorship or collaborations. Now it's a whole new ball game where their business is based upon viewers and getting more digital sponsors to people buy merchandising and ticket sales and maybe buying food items because Charles Barkley is on the cover of it, right? It's all relevant. So when they, they want players to be in the face of the, the situation because they know that's what you're paying to see. There's actually a documentary on this, my last point to it. And again, we'll say this for another conversation because we can be here all day talking about this. But there's a documentary on Netflix about an NBA referee who went on the record and he said that ownership of these organizations and the leaders of these organizations do favor the players because they generate more ticket sales because you are paying to watch your favorite players play. You're not watching these individuals sit on the bench. So they're going to overlook certain calls. Referees are going to overlook certain calls to keep the game going. And that, and again, aids in the extension of plays to keep maybe the teams going when they should have probably stopped two or three downs before, five okay. or two plays ago, you know? So would you, okay, okay. Maybe we can make a sports analogy to this and we'll see if this this sticks for the our viewers. I mean, it's a fact. I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll put, I'll put you, the link in the end. No, 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 no. But let me, yeah, I, I, I mean, look, I, I'm kind of a, drawing an analogy here. So you're not saying that this is rigged to the sense that, oh, my five-year-old son is shooting a basket and I'm picking him up and I'm holding him and he's going to dunk the ball in the basket. You're not saying that. What you're saying is it's more like curling where they have a circle that they really want that puck to land in. And the referees are going to sweep that circle and sweep the game all the way down to the end to get it to land as close to that circle as they possibly can. Is yeah. that a good way to break it down? That, that, that's actually a better analogy that I've heard in a very long time. But yeah, they're going to try and do it because... Fucking post it, baby! Okay, I'm going to post this Netflix series and I'm going to timestamp it so you guys can actually actually listen to this thing. I mean, again, it's been going on for years. Even like the, in the, the professional crime bosses have been saying the same thing. Like these games are influenced because these, well, again, we're talking years ago, but guys who got in trouble with gambling debts, like they had to owe the mob money. So they said, listen, you got, you can't pay me back. You got to throw a game for me because I'm, I'll make the money somewhere else. And it's a fact, like they won't give any names because their credibility mm -hmm. shot. But, you know, I guess I, threw, I had an argument with somebody about this. And he was like, no, 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 it's not rigged. Why would it be rigged? And I said, well, do you think politics is rigged in terms of he's like, absolutely. So why can't this be rigged? Well, because of sports. There's no reason for it. But well, guess what, man? Like they make money off you buying a seat to watch it. They make money when TVs get more ad time to keep the game going because they can charge their subscribers and they can charge their collaborators yep. more money to air for airtime. Overtime in the Super Bowl. I know. Let's not get into that because we all know that Super Bowl was all <laughs> was completely rigged. But the Super Bowl was bullshit. The, you know, the whole playoffs were bullshit this year. Let me just tell you that. Like, I like I could not believe what happened to Baltimore. I couldn't believe it. You know, the nine the Niners. I had strong confidence in them, but what happened to the Lions? Come on, man. You know, I, I'm I'm um, I'm a little bit over it, but like I do believe it that they could be influenced. I mean, why wouldn't they be? And and the same thing. Like you're right. Politics 
is sports nowadays in in America at least. It really is, and, like, and not to, get into, to not to pick that channel, but to pick this other one is what? Where did sports originate, dude? The idea of sports, and I can. I was lucky enough to go to Rome last summer in July. Right, we took the family, we took the kids, we took my son, uh, whose middle name is is Maximus, to the Colosseum, and we got to see like, wait a minute, that's right, sports and and you know everything kind of started as, man, we need to keep these motherfuckers occupied. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do here, right? Like, we need to keep these guys occupied, uh, you know, before yeah. they they start watching what we're doing. So you are one hundred percent right, and and we've actually agreed here. Where I was I, expecting a big, I was expecting a big argument out of this. I was expecting a big argument out of this, but I'm happy. You know, you, you're talking to Bert John. It. That's a good thing. Like, <laughs> I don't listen, think it's I, rigged. I think it's curled. Well, I think it, it's listen, curled. And tomatoes, tomatoes, right? Like you see, you know, you see red. Somebody else sees orange, right? It's all about like it, we're 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 looking yeah. at again. Talk about the same thing on a two sided coin. It's the same thing, just how you want to use an analogy out of it. It's yeah, not a fit, right, right, like. I mean, listen, back to basketball, here's another perfect example, you know, for people who are like, you know, griping right now or sucking their teeth in the back of their mouth right now. If you've ever seen the documentary about the Fab Five, right? And again, I'm not a basketball nut. But oh, the like, 30 for 30? Yeah, 30 for 30. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, again, the hype was like all these five, you know, uh, freshmen get to the NCAA championship, right? And Duke at the time, the early 90s, it was the team to beat, right? And they had... You know, bum, 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 Christian Leitner on the team. And he was America's pretty boy. Anyway, right towards that one game. And again, I don't know if they played the Wolverines or somebody. Oh, yeah. No, I think it was the Wolverines. But if you remember, and you can go on YouTube, there was a play. The guy falls on the floor and Leitner actually stomps on his chest deliberately. Now, he gets a technical foul and the players from the Michigan Wolverines brings out the rule book that literally says, and they quote that any student athlete that commits a physical altercation to another player during game time will be immediately ejected and then suspended from following play. Not him because he's generating money for the school People, nah. ESPN is getting a lot of hype around him to watch him play because he was the college face during that era, and they're I not going to bench him. ESPN back then, but yeah, I mean, ESPN was around, but all right, where the hell was being broadcasted? Like he makes the company, he makes the networks money. People are tuning in, and they're not going to bench him, especially if you're traveling out of state to go watch the blue, uh, the Duke Blue Devils, and your favorite guys on the on the bench right now, just sitting there collecting dust and counting sheep. You're fair. You're, yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And I just think they need to do a lot better. And one way to go would be to put AI in place, man. Like, I know, like, that's obviously subject to influence as well. But, like, there are just so many egregious oversights and misses or not, like, I want don't want to say non-calls and you say, like, phantom calls. It's It's really to the point where I don't, I am losing a little bit of faith in the integrity of the game. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's going south. And just, uh, you know, I know we're coming up on time here, but for any of you guys who think I'm making this up on Netflix, the name of the documentary is called Flagrant Foul. I want you to watch that for the first 30 minutes. And this guy will explain he was a straight arrow square referee 
And as time went on, he was getting orders from ownership to start making calls that were going to favor certain people because they are the face of the league. I go watch it. I promise you. I'll, I'll put it in the chat later. You guys can take a look at it. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, you know, we'll uh, we'll be back with more later this week, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Bigger and Louder with Anthony and John. Stay tuned. We're going to be across all your podcast channels, all your Instagrams and Facebooks and TikToks. In your face, bigger and louder as always. Love you guys. Thank you.